Morning, everybody. It's good to see you. These shirts are available. <laughs> They're from Asda, and it is for the Ukraine. Uh, they've, they've teamed up with the Salvation Army, I think. But I think you can only get them online. Uh, but it's a great message. Uh, and it's a conversation starter. Normally what we have on our T-shirts starts a conversation, doesn't it? Sometimes a positive one. Sometimes not a positive one. But it's a good way to get a conversation started. So this morning, preparing the way. And we're looking at John the Baptist and his ministry. And so the Bible reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 3 and it's verse 1 through to verse 20. Luke chapter 3, verse 1 through to verse 20. This is what it says. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip and Intura, and the region of Trathaconitis, and Lysanis, Tetra, and Albilane, some good words, while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests. The word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region round Jordan, preaching baptism and repentance for the, mission, for the remission of sins. And it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough ways smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Then he said to the multitudes that came out, Be baptized by him, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now, axe is laid and the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked him, saying, What shall we do then? And he answered them and said to them, he who has two tunics, let him give, and, and somebody has none, let him give one to the other, and likewise with food. Then tax collectors also came to be baptized, and said to him, Teacher, what will we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed to you. Likewise, soldiers asked him, And what shall we do? So he said to them, Do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely, and be content with your wages. Now as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered saying, I need to baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And with many other exhortations he preached to the people, but Herod was rebuked him, and concerning the Herodians, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, also added this above, 
all. And John was put in prison. Quite a lengthy reading this morning. But the focus I wanted to focus on is John the Baptist himself. Yeah? And that he prepared the way. So John the Baptist was sent by God. He was sent by God to prepare the people for the coming of Jesus. So he's the forerunner. It's a bit like a relay race. We have a baton and we need to pass it on. So he was the forerunner and God called him. And we read crowds came to hear him and he was a fiery preacher and he was straight to the point preaching. The kind of preaching that today, unfortunately, people don't like. People get offended. But John was a fiery preacher and he made his point. But his message was simple. It was turn your life around. That's how simple it was. That's how simple any preaching should be. Repent. Simply for us to say sorry for our sin and the things that we've done wrong. And John was eventually put in prison as we read by Herod. But Herod had been tricked. And eventually John, unfortunately, was put to death by having his head cut off. Surely to a degree, this really got me thinking, surely to a degree, if not totally, that's what today as Christians we should be. We should be just like John the Baptist. I'm not saying we should go wandering around in loincloths and eating locusts and all that, but what I'm saying is we should be like him. That's what it's all about. We should be continuing to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. You read about John, and he was a prophet, and lots of people had him in high esteem. And yet all the time, he was quite humble and bringing himself down. So he was decreasing because he wanted Jesus to increase. And that's what we should be like, but we're not always good at that. We should decrease and Jesus should increase in our lives. But sometimes we get a little bit mixed up and it starts to become about us rather than Jesus. John preached a social gospel. He shared it with, with other people. And I would hope that as a church today and as individuals today, that's what we do. We preach a shared gospel because it's for everybody. It's not just for us guys who have come here today. It's for everybody. And he was asked questions. We read, he was asked questions. And I think sometimes today, as individuals, and sometimes especially as the church, we're afraid to be asked questions. But we shouldn't be. We should be ready for questions. We should be encouraged when people start to ask questions. John served God where he was put. So should we, wherever he puts us wherever he puts you. And sometimes I think we get hung up looking for what is our ministry? Where should we be? What should we be doing? And actually, our ministry might be right under our nose. Our ministry might actually be what we've been doing. John did a good, John did a good job. So should we. And by that, one of my favorite phrases, we simply try our best. We try our best. To be the best we can be. And to do the best that we can do. Where better to serve God than at work, than at school, than in community. 
In fact, where better to serve God than everywhere and anywhere? John also wasn't about theological subtleties, but he was about life. He was relevant. He was relevant to society. He was real. He was there for the needs of the people. It was a gospel that was also lived out. As I've said, we should still be preparing the way of the Lord by our actions, by the way we live, by the way we breathe, we talk, by the way we love people, by the way we accept people. And when I say the word accept, that doesn't mean that we agree with everything those people do or the way they live their lives. But I believe as Christians, we still need to accept them and we still need to love them. We simply need to help and include others, our society, the people that we come into, on a, into contact with on a daily basis. We need to fight for the poor. We need to fight for the oppressed, for the addicts, for the downtrodden, for the lowest of the low. Also, people who are wealthy, the rich, and people who struggle with daily life in general. We all need to, as well, daily repent, every single one of us, myself included. We need to daily say that we are sorry. And in my view, I think what the world looks for and expects in religious people or Christians, guess what? It's not perfection. They're not interested in us being perfect. What they look for is simply Consistency. Consistency. Our lives must be a life in harmony with the things that we profess. We must be out and out for God and for souls. Not for numbers, not for conferences, not for social events, not for programs. They're all important, but souls. And as William Boulton once said, go for souls and go for the worst. And if we're honest, all of us, we're not always good at that. We're not always good at going for the worst. Jesus hung on the cross for the whosoever. Not the ones that we sometimes don't naturally warm to. The ones that we think, hmm, They don't really deserve it. The truth is, none of us, none of us deserved it. Repentance. It's an inward change. It's a change of heart. It's a change of mind. A change of attitude towards sin, which leads to a change of behavior. Martin Luther once said, the truest repentance is to do it no more. How long does it take to be converted? Well, as long as it takes to turn. For some, it's quick, it's instant. Changed, just like that. For others, it takes time. It's gradual. But the process and the outcomes are exactly the same. And again, that's sometimes where I think as as Christians who've been on the road a while... We need to be patient because everybody's not just changed like that. Some are, some aren't. 
For some, it's a gradual process. New life. As Christians, we're not called to obey hundreds and thousands of rules. We are called to simply walk with Jesus. We're called to be baptized with water. And as John said in, his word, in, in the, the Bible reading we read, and by the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit, which equips us to do the things that we do, the things that we say we can't do, and then we find out we can do, because God equips us to do those things. Nobody will believe you have a new life unless they see it in a new lifestyle, if it's not visible. Because when they see it, they will be ready to listen about new life and not before. Actions, Terry's already said it this morning, actions always speak louder than words. People, society, community, neighbors, friends, they watch. Don't be fooled. <laughs> don't think they don't. Because I'm telling you, they watch. And they watch closely. And especially, what, especially the ones that are not Christians. The ones that are Christians watch as well. But they watch. And they're looking for that consistency. As I said, they're not looking for the perfection. Not perfection. Consistency. And evangelism should be the normal life of each and every one of us. And evangelism should be the normal life of the church as well. It's not an optional extra. It's a must. And what do we do? We say, well, oh, actually, it's not my gift. I'm not good at talking. Well, I'm sorry. We can all talk. We can all be friendly. We can all build relationships. We can all be kind. We can all help. That's evangelism. Evangelism in action. Witness. We've heard it before. I'm sure you've heard it before, but here we go again. If it was made illegal to be a Christian tomorrow, would there be enough evidence to convict you and to convict me? I wonder what the case file would look like. Would it be that thin? Or would it be like this? Or would you have, like, you see the solicitors when they come into court and they've all got the, the cases and they're dragging them along? I wonder what the evidence would look like. I'm thinking about me. You think about yourself. Gandhi once said, I have seen Christianity and it doesn't work. And I'm sure 100% that he's not the only person that's ever said that. But John saw the disciples, we read, and he saw Jesus, and this is what he said. He said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What John does is, he recognizes and he sees. And he doesn't just recognize and see, what he does is, he points out. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's what we should do. We should point out Jesus. That's what the church should do. They, we should point out Jesus. And that's what people should do actually about us. They should point us out that we are a follower of Jesus. 
And John's humility is a powerful example to those of us that serve today. He was humble. The gospel comes with a much better salvation than can be found in a fleeting approval of finite man. Bottom line, we are all sinful human beings in need of repentance. And yet, God approves of us. Despite of our sin, He still approves of us. And He still loves us. We're not perfect, but God loves us. And He thinks we're okay. And He wants to use us still, despite all our imperfections. All the issues and things that are mine. He still wants to use me. And it's exactly the same for each and every one of us. John's message. God's judgment on the world will come. So we should prepare. We should repent. We should say sorry for the wrong we have done, our sin. We should be baptized and produce appropriate fruits of repentance to show that Jesus was and is the Son of God and that all who believe in him have eternal life. Repentance for the forgiveness of sin is new life. Baptism, new beginning. The old's gone and the new has come. We need to prepare the way for God in our own lives. We need to prepare the way of God in our own families, our friends, our communities. And then we come to one that makes us all uncomfortable, unconfessed sin. Simply acknowledging our sins is not enough. It's not enough. So today, let's confess. Let's confess today because by doing this, we allow God to move and operate not just in our lives, but in other people's lives. I'll read that again. So today, let's confess because by doing that, we allow God to move and operate not just in our lives, but also in the lives of others. Does your life, does my life reflect God's truth? Are we preparing the way? Am I preparing the way? Plato once said, a wise man will always choose to suffer wrong rather than do wrong. And Michael Green said, procrastination is the thief of time, but it is also the thief of eternity. So friends, simply this morning, are we prepared to be part of preparing the way of the Lord as John was? Are we committed? Are we dedicated? Are we resilient? And we have to be resilient sometimes. Because good times come, bad times come. We have to help people through lots of things. We have to be persistent. We have to be loyal. We have to be faithful. We have to be brave. We have to be bold sometimes. We have to be courageous and it's always good to be humble. 
and we have to be a servant. Wherever we are, whatever we do, God has called each and every one of us to serve and to reach people on the journey that he has given us as individuals. So let's prepare. Let's reach. And let's see people saved. As the guys come back, I just want us to spend a few moments in silence. And when I did this, preparing this, and I got to the bit about unconfessed sin, that was a big challenge. So I just want us in the quiet for no longer than 30 seconds, 40 seconds, just anything. I don't know. Maybe we come this morning with unconfessed sin, myself included. And let's just in the quietness confess our sins to God. Let's just do that now.